Welcome in, quick hitters. Welcome in, Goody Mo Short crew. Houston Rockets dropped a tough game Sunday night against the Oklahoma City Thunder. Game they needed to have. All the games they need to have, right? But just coming off beating the Phoenix Suns and now Oklahoma City Thunder, game you could have won. But what is the problem with the Houston Rockets continuously giving up leads? Continuously giving up leads. Can't figure it out. People want to blame it on how young they are. I don't want to use that excuse anymore just about how to close out ball games. You should be able to close out ball games. You had 57 games to figure this stuff out. MU Doka just don't use timeouts for strategic situations, but to actually calm this team down when teams are actually starting to make a run and you see your team is falling apart, it's happening too many times. We're at the bottom of the schedule now. And I hate to say it. And if I was a betting man, the Rockets will not be getting in this play-in tournament. The task is too huge. Games like this, you can't drop. You will play them again, along with the Phoenix Suns, who you just beat, playing them twice. The boats are tightened up. And if the Rockets cannot go on a long winning streak, at least five game winning streak, they're not gonna have any hopes for the play-in. Not only that they have to go on a winning streak, but they gotta hope the bottom teams that they're going up against, battling for that 10th slot, fall apart and drop some games. As far as Utah, Lakers, Golden State, those three teams there you're chasing, you need them to drop games. The Rockets cannot afford, once again, to win one, lose one, win one, lose one. They can't make up that ground to get in the 10th slot. It's impossible. They have to string together some games in a row to give themselves a chance, and I just don't see it. The team is too inexperienced. I know we don't want to use that, but it's the facts. They are working hard. But my problem is when you have leads late, you have to hold the leads. And that's where the timeouts come in. M.U. Doka. This team has dropped so many games coming down the stretch after leading by 20, leading by 16, or at least up one, up two in the fourth quarter. We have to use those timeouts strategically. Sit them down. Wake them up in the moment. Because I'm speaking from experience. I know how it is when you're on that floor and things are starting to happen. You're falling apart. Teams is making a run. When you're out there on the floor, you really can't relish and really know what's happening at that moment. You're thinking, well, I can battle. I can get myself out of it. But you're going through the emotions. You don't really know what's going on. You Sometimes you don't even see the transition happening where a team is starting to make their run on you. And the avalanche is coming down on you. And the next thing you know, you're in a rut. You can't find your way out. This is a perfect time to sit this team down on a timeout. As soon as you see a run happening or you see your team is playing out of character, turning over the ball, not running their offense, dropping their head, low energy, perfect time to call a timeout. Sit these guys down and say, hey, guys, wake up. What are we doing? Do you know where we're at in the standings? Do you know where we're at in the standings? If we want a play in, we have to buckle up right now. This team is making a run. Dig deeper. Take care of the ball. Control the clock. Let's get good shots. Buckle down on defense. This game is getting away from us. How bad do you want it? 
How bad do you want it? Show me that you want it. Let's wake up now. Let's wake up now. Week after week, we have these leads and these teams are coming back on us. Let's go. Wake up. Sometimes it takes that. Now, will it help majority of the time? Maybe so, maybe not. But it gives your team a wake-up call and let them know, do you want this game? You got to go out there and get it right now. Team is making a run. We're not running our stuff. We're turning over the ball. We're doing what we've been doing most of the season. We have to get these games in the bag. Let's go. Sometimes it just takes just that. But Emi Udoka, he's doing a great job, no doubt about that. Sometimes you got to dig a little deeper in your team. You got to reach some souls sometimes. Let them understand what this moment is. Quit being lackadaisical, going through the motions. It's about capturing this win, buckling down. Because I'm telling you right now, this little stretch they got right now, playing Oklahoma City Thunder again, and then the Phoenix Suns twice, and I think you got San Antonio up in there somewhere, and then I think you got to play the Clippers. Because if you don't watch it, San Antonio might be the only game you win on this little stretch starting tomorrow. Oh, that's not good. Against OKC, who just got you. But Phoenix Suns was a good win, good quality win against a great team. And the one from last night, you'd have grabbed that one as two in a row against two quality ball clubs. It was right there in the bag and you let it get away. Just bad execution, lack on defense, going through your little scoring droughts. This team go through a lot of scoring droughts, a lot of them. And that's when a timeout needs to happen. And like I said, timeouts are just not made for strategic situations. It's to wake the team up. What are we doing? You trying to do the same thing we done last game or last week? I thought we learned from that. Wake up. Oh, we will be going home early. No plan. We'll be leaving early. And that's the only way this team's going to have a successful year in my book is getting into the play-in. Yeah, you can say, well, we won more games than last year. Yeah, that's that's small fry stuff right there. That's small fry. And uh, this team wants to get in the playoffs. And I know M.U. Doka wants them to get in the playoffs, but you got to fight a little harder. You got to pay more attention. Houston plays, whether they don't play the whole game or not, but before it's over with, they're battling. They go through their little lows like every team does. They go high, then they go low, then they go back high again. But the thing is, when you have double-digit leads in the second half, man, you got to try to seal those deals. I know this is a game of runs. I know that. But you know that as well. So what you do? Slow the ball down a little bit. Get it to your guys in their spots. Don't turn over the ball. Make your free throws. Lock down people. Play defense, be scrappy. You can fall into a lot of wins just playing that way. But every time a team starts surging, this team gets uptight. They gets uptight. And I know, yeah, they're young, they're young. We can say that a hundred million times before. But sooner or later, you can't use that young excuse. You've been played enough games now, 57 games. Can't keep using the young. You know how to play basketball. You know these teams that you're playing. You know the teams you're supposed to win and the ones you can surprise. 
Oklahoma City Thunder on Sunday was a surprise, and you should have got that one. Tough loss. Before we get into this summary article, we're going to look at a highlight of Chet Holmgren with a block, SGA going down at the other end for a layup before we get into it. But uh, yes, Rockets uh, dropped the one, one they should have had. But like I say, this team is learning on the fly. But you just have to continuously grow up each game. You can't make the same mistakes. It's hurting this team bad. And in my opinion, they're going to come up short in the play-in tournament. Nobody wants them to make the play-in tournament better than me. Really want this team to get into some meaningful games for this season. But the way this team is playing up and down right now, inconsistent, that's a long shot. Too much ground to make up in the teams that are at the bottom with you. They're playing better at this moment. They're starting to go on their streak and on their stride. They're waking up. This is the second half of the season. So these teams that you're playing, even though they're below 500, you're going to get their best. And all the great teams with a better record, they don't want you coming up knocking them off. They're on a mission. They're trying to position themselves. It's championship time. You think they want you to waltz up there under 500, surprising them? Oh, no. They're going to try to put their foot in your neck. That's why when you have them down and you're playing well, you got to make sure you hold on to that. Because if they sense anything or you don't know what you're doing or you're going through these lows or where you can't score in three minutes, defense breaks down and it stays that way for a long stretch, you turn over the ball, they can smell that. They know you're a young team. They know you're trying to come up. And you know what they're going to do? They're going to keep you down where you belong. In their minds. Because they got goals higher than yours. They're trying to get deep into the playoffs and win a championship. They ain't thinking play in. So you have to seal these games that you know you have down the stretch. And like I say, that's when the timeouts come in for MU Doka. Waking his team up. Nothing strategic. But just to look these guys in the eye and say, let's go. What are we doing? What are we running? Take care of the ball. Lockdown on defense. This is the moment right now that we always lose it. Let's get it back right now. And MU Doga could be doing that. I don't know. I'm not in the huddles. But what I'm looking at is the body language coming out of these timeouts. And you see the same old thing over and over. So I don't know. But let's get into this highlight. What can you do with them? SGA and Chet Holmgren. Two of the best in the league right now at what they do. It's tough to deal with them. And like I say, guys like that, they can be down majority of the game. Fourth quarter or late third quarter, they're going to start picking it up. And you know that when you go into halftime. Any kind of all-star player, superstar player, or a player that has high expectations, if they're not playing that well in the first half, or they're slumping, they're missing shots, they don't have that many points, 
you rest assured, second half, they come in guns blazing. And you should be expecting that. And the problem that I have right now with all the coaches in the NBA, with superstar players, they just let them do what they do. There's a lack of double teaming on superstars in this league, and it drives me crazy. They're willing to lose games off a guy going one-on-one -on -one with their so-called best defender on the team. It doesn't matter. Great players are going to find a way regardless of the defense. Yeah, you can have lockdown guys, but you still bring other people over to get him off the ball, to get him to turn it over, to make it a tougher shot, just to press him a little bit. Time and time again, we allow superstar players be greater than they actually are, to be honest with you. Yeah, they're great players, but you put them way up here for no reason. I don't, I know what they can do. Let a role player beat you. How many times we have to cover this over and over again? I'd rather lose by a role player hitting a wide open three, taking it off the dribble. We know what superstar players can do in this league. Same thing with Chet Holmgren and SGA last night. There's not enough bodies around these guys. We know what they can do. It's just very frustrating, man. I can sleep well at night knowing I lost a game off a three-point barrage all night. I'd rather lose a game on threes falling from all over the place before I let a superstar dribbling down the lane, fadeaways, get my guys in foul trouble, get into the free throw line, hitting clutch shots down the stretch. I don't want to see that. I know he can do that. That's why he get paid the big bucks. Why do we have to see that over and over again? Coaches need to get rid of their pride, man, and say, look, we're double-teaming this guy. If you're not going to do it the whole game, I understand not doing it the whole game, but that fourth quarter with six minutes left, oh, yeah, it's a must every time. And if you haven't worked on it, you need to work on it because you got to have your rotations down. People got to know where they're going, where they're switching to, and you got to cover for one another when you're double-teaming like that. But if you're not running that stuff and prepared, that's a whole other different situation because you should be. Players are too great in this league. Kevin Durant, how many times he going one-on-one -on -one with some guy with no double team? And when they do double team, it's one of these shallow double teams where they just running a guy over there, then flashing back. No, man, harassing. But that's my double team rant, but it drives me crazy. Game after game, I watch, even if it's not the Rockets or whoever. They just don't double-team these superstars. Make it hard for them. I don't want them winning the game. And you shouldn't either. So correct that, swallow your pride, give your team a chance to win. Force somebody else, a role player, to beat you. It's simple, man. It's real simple. But yeah, SGA showed out. Chet Holmgren hitting clutch threes, doing what he do with put-back dunks, rallying his team to win. 123 to 110, beating the Houston Rockets. Game the Rockets should have had, or at least went down the stretch with. Because that's another thing. You be that close, and then the explosion happens where now you're down by 12, now you're down by 15, when you were just leading 81 to 80. Like, where did this come from? It has to be mental. You're having these lapses. 
You can't do that with good teams. Not even bad teams. You're supposed to seal the deal down the stretch. And like I said, if I'm a betting man, which I hate to say, these Rockets will not make the play-in tournament this year. They're going to come up short. And it's unfortunate. They have to string some games together in a row to get in there. And then on top of that, Utah got to drop some games. Golden State got to drop some games. And the Lakers have to drop some games. And I'm not meaning one here, one there. No, they got to go on like a two, three game losing streak while you're winning. But when you keep playing inconsistent like this, you don't have a shot in hell to make up that ground. Especially when you're losing a team you have no business losing to. That's like on your level. But for some reason, they sprout out in front of you. Or having more focus. For a longer course of the ball game. So the Rockets have players that are inconsistent. And as a team, they play inconsistent. Because you can't expect good numbers from each player every game. It could be 25 one game, 13 from the guy the next game. It could be 35 from one of the guys one game, then he scores 12 the next game. You got to be consistent in the scoring. Defense should be a must. It's all hustle, positioning, want to. Shots come and go, we understand that, but the defense foundation should never break down. And if you're a good enough player, your scoring consistency should at least stay up and balanced. Not a big drop off from the game before. So Rockets got to get it together. Got to get together if you really want it. And for what I'm seeing right now, just going to mark it up as, uh, well, we got more wins than we had last year. So we're building. Yeah, and you can easily come in next year and have less than you want this year. It can happen that quick. Don't get complacent. So let's get into the summary article. If you haven't watched the game, this kind of summarizes a little bit of what happened. We're just going to run through it real quick. But uh, Houston Rockets are in trouble down this stretch with less than 30 games left. SGA scored 36 points and Chet Holmgren added 29 to lead the Oklahoma City Thunder to a 123-110 victory over the Houston Rockets on Sunday night. The Thunder won their fifth straight to move into a tie with Minnesota for first place in the Western Conference. Oklahoma City coach Mark Dagno was impressed with how his team responded after falling behind by 16 points in the second quarter. 16 points. And it's still early in the game. Second quarter, understand, you'll have a big lead. Teams are going to fight back. They're going to trim that down. But that's just to show you're up 16 points. So it's showing you can play. You can get this team. I don't know where you fell off the cliff from. But that should have been an indicator. We play well enough. We can beat this team. Even if they come back, we still can battle with them or at least go down the stretch but not get blown completely out of the water when you're right there and then you're gone the next. In matter of minutes, that's the problem. We had some poise, but it was more urgency. I thought tonight was a recognition of if we kept playing like that, they could have run us off the floor. See, Mark Dagno knew 
They know. Oklahoma City was up by eight points with less than seven minutes left before scoring the next nine points. Capped by three-pointers from Jalen Williams and SGA to push the advantage to 115 to 98 with three and a half minutes to go. Fred Van Vliet and Jabari Smith Jr. had 20 points apiece for the Rockets in the first of consecutive games between these teams. Alperen Shingoon added 19 points and 12 rebounds, while Smith led the team with 17 boards. They tightened up a little bit and we didn't execute as well as we needed to, Van Vliet said. That's the way it goes sometimes. See, his remarks like that, not like Fred Van Vliet, but like a days ago, going through the emotions, you say stuff like that, it just happens like that sometimes. No, you need to stop it from happening like that sometimes. You ought to be tired of it happening like that all the time. So you just don't want to hear stuff like that. That's the way it goes sometimes. The team meet again Tuesday night in Oklahoma City. And how do you think that game is going to go in Oklahoma City at their place? Rockets can win it. Of course they can. They also can get blown out of it where they're never in the game. So it depends on who's showing up. Who's showing up? Because you gave this team a lot of confidence going on top of them at your place, and then they're coming back and getting you out of the water. So in their backyard, they're going to feel pretty good about it. You got to change that. The Thunder held a four-point lead to start the fourth and used a 12-2 run to push their advantage to 99-85 to with nine and a half minutes to go. Holmgren had the first nine points in that span and had two dunks and a three-pointer. Houston got within 104-95 a couple of minutes later. Dylan Brooks and Van Vliet both made threes for Houston to trim the deficit, but the Rockets were unable to get any closer. Once we got the ball churning and moving, that got us flowing, Holmgren said. But it started with defense, getting stops and allowing us to get out in transition. The Rockets were up by nine with about eight minutes to go in the third before Oklahoma City used a 16-2 run to take an 80-75 lead with less than three minutes left in the quarter. The physicality we really amped up midway through the second quarter, Dagnow said, that was the game right there and we really kept it going in the second half. Williams started the run with a three-pointer and Isaiah Joe added a three in that stretch to allow the Thunder to go on top. The Rockets scored the next six points to regain the lead, but Oklahoma City ended the quarter with a 7-2 run to take an 87-83 lead in the fourth. Obviously, you have to execute better offensively to give yourself a chance, Van Vliet said. Scoring 21 in the third hurt us a little bit momentum-wise. So, like I said, it's just little statements like that, but, you know, Van Vliet knows why they're losing. He knows he's a veteran. He knows when it's starting to switch and change. Now, is he able to stop that? Sometimes. You know, being a veteran, he knows how to slow the ball down. He knows how to get to the free throw line, try to stop a run. But to me, these little statements he making, it just seems like, oh, just the same old story, just another game. We'll get it. You know, when you had that, that pocketbook kind of fat and you're not going to be there for the foreseeing future, you kind of uh, take that position on it. But that's the article. And uh, if you watched this game, you'd have had a lot of highs and lows yourself because you was like, Man, the Oklahoma City Thunder, the Rockets about to get them. They're playing well. 
This is a game they need. They just beat the Phoenix Suns. Back door with this one. Be in good shape. This is a way to start it out. Then when you saw they had their little droughts, Oklahoma City Thunder start coming back. Then you start saying, oh, not again, not again. And unfortunately, we might be saying that a lot coming down here in the next few games. Because if they don't watch it, San Antonio Spurs might be the only game they win on this stretch. Oh, that's not good. And that's going to be tough, and that might seal the deal on their faith. Hope not. I hope not. So there you have it, folks. 123 to 110 last night. It was tough to watch, especially when you have it in a bag. But they'll learn. And uh, Tuesday night, they're going to do it all over again just in their building. Can they pull it out? And do y'all think they're going to actually make the play-in tournament? Who believes they're going to make the play-in tournament? I say no. And if y'all think they're going to make it, <laughs> y'all know something I don't know. Ain't no more trades can come. No other players going to come and save them. They have to work with what they got. Have to work with what they got. It's good at most sports quick hits. Thanks for y'all time. Houston Rockets once again. And we're going to see. But I say no go for play-in. Let's see what y'all say. I'm out of here. Peace. Thank you.